Accutron Watches present The Accutron Show, a time travel through American culture, with your hosts David Graver and Indrani. Visit AccutronWatch.com and discover the brand that has made American history with an all-new proprietary next-generation electrostatic energy movement. Accutron. It's not a timepiece. It's a conversation piece. So we went into the studio one morning called Baggies, 8 o'clock in the morning. And we got out of that studio, we had created Jungle Boogie, Hollywood Swinging, and Funky Shop. The person you heard at the top of the show is today's guest, Robert Cool Bell, founding member of the legendary soul disco band Cool and the Gang, and co-founder of Lay Cool Champagne. He's here to talk about his incredible career, as well as a special wristwatch collaboration with Accutron. But first up, my co-host Andrani, and me, David Graver, here on a special Accutron birthday edition of the Accutron Show. Stay tuned. This podcast is presented by Accutron Watches. Visit our website, accutronwatch.com, and discover our iconic Space View 2020 collection, recreating the stunning visual impact of the original open dial design, combined with an all-new electrostatic energy movement. Time just changed again. The Accutron Space View 2020. Hi, Indrani. Hello. It's good to be back. Likewise, um, here we are on a special birthday edition of the Accutron Show for the brand's 63rd anniversary. And I'm really excited about our special guest, Robert Cool Bell, co-founder of Cool in the Gang. 63 years old and it's looking fresh. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's fun to see all the synergies between Cool and the Gang and and Accutron. It's a it seems at first to be quite disparate in in inspiration, but then realizing all the parallels of innovation and passion. I, I think it's gonna be an exciting episode. Likewise. I definitely am excited to learn more about the new collaboration, the collaborative product that is coming out, the first lady which corresponds with Robert's Champagne, Le Cool, and their release, The First Lady, and of course, Ladies' Night, one of the most iconic songs of all time. Okay, do you have a favorite song? Do you have a song that gets stuck in your head that just will never let you go? Jungle Boogie is actually such a great song, and just being in the jungle in the Amazon recently, I was thinking about the lyrics of that song as we were running through with the indigenous people and thinking how much we need to go back to our roots and, and enjoy these kinds of experiences of being in the jungle. That's magical. And it also anchors the song into your like lived experience. Absolutely. But Ladies Night has always been an anthem for me and my friends. And and I think it, it ties in so beautifully with, with Accutron's pioneering approach you know, throughout the 1970s. Accutron was a, a leader, one of the first brands to incorporate this kind of messaging of equal pay for equal time and a pioneering campaign that was time waits for no man, which I think is really fantastic. No one was sending that message at that time. And it was more than about selling ladies' watches. It was really about advocating for women, for women in the workplace. And 
I think it still rings true today. And that's really prescient of, of a brand. Absolutely. I think it's, it's really innovative, but also incredibly moving to see a brand putting its entire uh, power and influence behind a cultural movement, a cultural change that's, that's so needed and, and so beautifully articulated. I love the time waits for no man because we have to remember that, uh, that throughout time, men have been in the forefront in so many of these campaigns and so much of culture. So seeing women getting the, the support of, of a brand that represents conversations and, and the way that, that we in, interact and intersect. It's, it's not a timepiece. It's a conversation it, piece. Absolutely. On the flip side of that, I will say that my earworm from Cool and the Gang is definitely celebration. And I do think about it when I am celebrating. It's a great song to to dance to. Is there anything that you hope to learn from Robert, maybe about his career or Cool in the Gang? I'm really excited to see the Le Cool Champagne and Accutron collaboration with the Legacy Collection. I definitely think the Legacy Collection is, is one of my favorites. And I, I've, we've had the opportunity to see two of those watches here today. And I'm excited for everyone else to be able to get their hands on them. They're going to be sold on AccutronWatch.com starting today. Happy birthday, Akitron. Happy birthday, Akitron. <laughs> I'm very curious to know what it feels like to be sampled more than a thousand times. He's one of, they're one of the most sampled bands in history. It's, How do you feel about that? How does a creator feel about that? I think the idea of appropriation or inspiration, you know, which is it or maybe it's both. But there's, there's so much of culture that comes back to these, these original melodies that, uh, that then get replicated and, and boost a whole new generation of artists. One more question for you. How do you listen to music? You know, I love to listen to music when I'm getting ready, when I'm focusing on on writing. Music really inspires me in so many ways. I almost feel like it's cheating in a way because you're you're hijacking someone else's creative process, but it's uh, it's such a beautiful way to connect. Oh. Well, thank you for sharing that with me and with our audience. We'll be back in a moment with Robert Cool Bell of Cool in the Gang. This podcast is presented by Accutron Watches. Visit our website, AccutronWatch.com, and discover our Accutron DNA collection. Reimagined for a new generation, the Accutron DNA combines breakthrough technology, precise engineering, and modern aesthetics to achieve a new level of technical excellence. The Accutron DNA, the new face of time for those who blaze new trails. And here we are with Robert Cool Bell for a very special birthday edition of the Accutron Show. Robert, I definitely want to begin with, what was the first song you fell in love with? Well, it have to be um, By the Temptation, Since I Lost My Baby, and Beauty Only Skin Deep. Matter of fact, they just opened up for us uh, last week in New Orleans, The Temptations. I was a youngster. I said, well, can I go, did I get a chance to see The Temptations at the Apollo Theater? That was one of the first. So such an amazing repertoire of music that you've created. What's your favorite of, of what you've put into the world? I would, I would say uh, Ladies' Night. Um, when uh, J.T. Taylor joined the group and we uh, signed a deal with Universal Records, um, my wife and I was hanging out in New York 
at Regime in the Studio 54. Now Rogers was also, but yeah, Studio 54. And uh, uh, I came back to the guys. I said, I got the perfect song for the first song with our new deal. And uh, uh, having a lead singer. And they said, what? I said, ladies night. So my brother said, wow, this is one of those all over the world. <laughs> I said, yeah. And that was our first record uh, with uh, J.C. Taylor. Frankie Crocker, if you know who he is, the rocker, he broke that record across the country. Oh, wow. So that's, that was the first one, ladies night. That's an amazing song. I love it. It's, it's an anthem to, to female liberation. Oh, yes, it is. Was there a moment in your career that you knew you weren't just someone making music, you were someone who changed a genre, that you changed the face of music moving forward? I would say that happened around uh, 1973, 1974. We had the Wild and Peaceful album. On the Wild and Peaceful album, we had Jungle Boogie, Hollywood Swingin', and Funky Stuff. <laughs> Those are big records for us, you know. So I said, well, hey, we, we might end up being something now. I said, Jungle Boogie was top five, Hollywood Swingin', uh, and Funky Stuff was number one R&B for about six weeks. And that's when it really started to kick in. Amazing. I just got back from the jungle myself, and I've always wondered about that song. Is it actually inspired by a jungle journey? To, it, it was inspired by a situation. The record company came to us and said, um, you guys, uh, you've been having territorial hits, you know, Connecticut, Philadelphia. And, and uh, it was this song by Mongo Dabongo, well, Somakusa. Big record. And they came to us and said, listen, we got this producer and we want you to work with him. We said, oh, yeah. We met the guy one time and we, we weren't feeling it. So we went into the studio one morning called Baggies, 8 o'clock in the morning, and we got out of that studio, we had created Jungle Boogie, Hollywood Swinging, and Funky Cell. No more problems with the record company after that. Yeah. So, yeah, our back was against the walls. So we had to do something. That's often the best time, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you sense that you, you were going to have a hit on your hand, that you were doing something really profound, or were you just in it to make music that you loved? I would say both. To make music that we love, else. So the fact that uh, starting young and growing up and seeing other successful groups and, you know, it, it, it drives us to stay in there. Because, you know, the music business can be up and down. You know, we had hills and valleys too, but we never gave up all the way up until today. What kept you going through the, the darker times? Well, the wanting to really be successful. You know, at one time before I got JT joined the group, uh, people would ask me, are you still working? Is the band still together? I said, yeah, we're still together. And it, it seems to be that every decade, we would make it through the decade. You know, the 60s, the 70s, we had uh, the big records in the 70s. The 80s, uh, with all the, from the Two Hots to the Jungle Boys uh, to uh, Fresh and all those songs we had in the 80s. JT left at the end of the 80s, and the next thing was, what are you going to do now? <laughs> so, well, we decided to tour around the world. We went to other markets that, that normally we wouldn't go. 
uh, we would normally do England, France, and Germany. Then we started working into Spain, Italy, uh, Yugoslavia, uh, Romania, Sophie, around the world, all through uh, uh, Africa, all through uh, the Middle East. We had played, uh, um, we played uh, Abu Dhabi, we played uh, Muscat Oman. Now, back in those days, it was like almost like being in the South. If you go to those places now, skyscrapers, a lot of money moving around. So that's what we did. That's what kept us going. Did you ever walk into a room and think, oh my goodness, they're playing my song? Did you hear it somewhere and you were just surprised that it was on right then? Well, that was the very first record we did was Cool in the Game by Cool in the Game. And uh, when we heard it on the radio, we said, oh man, that's us. <laughs> They're playing our record. That's awesome. Because of the type of record that that was, they thought we were a Spanish band. Because there was no singing, it was all horns and bongos and congas and little sayings like, hey, cool, I saw your lady last night. That kind of a thing. That record, you know, went top 40? <laughs> yeah, top 40. There was a struggle after that, trying to get back up until we did the Wild and Peaceful album. Being such innovators, really changing the the way we appreciate music i think uh, how how did how did that affect you i mean were you do you feel a constant pressure to keep innovating uh, yeah we do but we we enjoy doing it you know um because like i said there's different time periods where they thought it was you know it was over for us and each decade was able to come up with it, you know uh you take songs like uh they weren't singles, but like uh, higher planes. Uh, Let the music take your mind. Uh, Funky Granny. You know, we would do songs and we would just come up with some crazy titles, like Chocolate Buttermilk. So what, what the hell is Chocolate Buttermilk? <laughs> we, we just did those type of songs. And a lot of fans, a lot of hip-hop artists uh, know that music. That's why we are the most sampled band in the 50 years of hip-hop right now. That makes us the most sampled band in the world. How do you feel about being sampled? Do you think it's inspiring? You're inspiring other creators out there? Well, in the beginning, it was kind of like, uh, hey, that sounds like us. <laughs> and we had to put someone on sample patrol, catch that lick. And, uh, and I believe it was uh, uh, President Joe Biden that made uh, the move in uh, Congress that Anyone sampling, you have to get an okay from the record company. So now we know who was sampling, who was not. And we're getting the dough too, we're getting paid for a change. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, as you deserve. I mean, it's incredible to have such an impact and also to feel like people are, are taking from you and not giving you credit. So it's, it, it, how does it feel now to, to be that most sampled person? We feel great about it. I didn't, uh, Questlove, uh, he did the research on it, and he said, "Do you know you was sampled eighteen hundred times?" I said, "What? Eighteen hundred times? Eighteen hundred times?" And he had he had the breakdown. You know, some of them was just drum licks, some of them was this, some of them was that. But uh, yeah, I said eighteen hundred times, huh? That's okay. impressive. In the middle of this illustrious music career, you went ahead and started a champagne brand. Do you want to tell us about why you launched a champagne brand? It was around maybe 10 years ago. I'm in France. 
And we had uh, 12, 13, 14 sold-out shows. So the promoter said, well, uh, I'm doing a uh, champagne on uh, uh, the late Barry White, Barry White lookalike, and one of the Bee Gees. Would you want to have champagne on these shows? I thought about it, and I said, no. He said, I, I said, he said, I said, I don't think my, my fans want to buy a bottle of champagne after the concert. They're going to want T-shirts and caps and stuff like that. So I said, but what I would like to do is get on the shelves. He looked at me, what do you mean get on the shelves? I said, I want to be on the shelves like Don Perignon, Crystal, Don Bernard, Brookie Coe. So yeah. So I came up with this name called Le Cool Champagne. And we cut a deal up in Ypres and Rims with the Bertillo family. And I wanted it to come from France into America, you know. And that's how it started. And it started to grow every year. That must be a very different process for you, creating a champagne. But it's still a creative process. So, so is there a similarity? I used to drink a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think, uh, you know, um, one, one of the things that uh, the champagne side of it all, because it's similar to the music side. Because I go out and I promote it. You know, uh, I go to do a bottle signing, things like that, uh, different collaborations. That's how it was in the old, old days with, in the music business. You, you get your promo guy from the record company, he goes to the radio station, you take him some donuts and coffee, and he's trying to get the record played. We're doing the same thing with the champagne. So, well, no, that's not the way to do it. You can't do it that way. But we are, and so far, so good. Let's leave us that. Nice. You have... A Blanc de Blanc, you have a rosé. Do you want to tell us why you put out these varietals and if one is more meaningful to you than, than others? Well, that came from the virtuals, our, our producers and in, uh, in, in REMS, the different brands, you know. They say that the um, Blanc de Blanc is a Chardonnay, and then uh, we have uh, uh, other mixtures of champagne. Uh, so we're following them. You know, because they're in the region where all top champagnes in the world is made. Ypres. So we're learning a lot. Robert, thank you. We're just going to take a break and we'll be right back with Robert Cool Bell. This podcast is presented by Accutron Watches. Discover the brand new collaboration between Accutron and French champagne brand Le Cool, founded by Robert Cool Bell of the legendary American funk soul band Cool and the Gang. Explore the newly inspired legacy watch models featuring feminine metallic color straps that are easily interchangeable for different looks. It's Ladies' Night with Accutron. Celebrate good times. We are here with Robert Coolbell for Accutron's birthday and celebrating this incredible collaboration. I'd love to hear from you a little bit more about how this came about. Well, I'm feeling very good about it, you know. Um, uh, when uh, I was first introduced to uh, Accutron, I was at Nile Rogers' birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> a former guest, a former guest on yeah. the Accutron show. And Nile Rogers and my trumpet player, my late trumpet player, uh, Robert Spike Mickens, they were first cousins. Nice. So we started talking about it, and um, I uh, showed them uh, this little watch I had from the Le Mans uh, Rebellion race. And then he started talking to me about, uh, about Accutron and about um, doing something, you know, with uh, the champagne and also with um, 
the concerts. Next year, we're celebrating. This year is Akaton 60. Next year is our 60. So what about uh, uh, the cool champagne and Akaton presents Cool and Gang and Rock the World Tour? Wouldn't that be quite interesting? Definitely interesting. Love it. The watch is called The First Lady, and it is in two legacy styles. Your, one of your most beloved hits is Ladies' Night. Can you talk to me? And the champagne is called Ladies' Night as well. Can you talk to me about weaving all of these ideas together? Well, I think that uh, is, 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 a, is a good match because uh, Ladies' Night, we wrote a song about it, and it became big around the world. Uh, First Lady, which is a... Uh, champagne that's coming across as we speak. It goes on the ships on, uh, well, we ran out, so we got more first ladies coming. <laughs> nice. And uh, we, we thought that would be a good match, you know, between uh, with ladies' night and the uh, uh, first lady. You know, all you guys, you know, you got a first lady, don't you? You, we better, get her, you better get us some cool champagne, the first lady, and it's a rosé. And I, I heard, I learned that rosé, women love rosé. Oh, we sure do. And men love their ladies. You better get them some of that cool champagne first lady. <laughs> and don't forget, to get that watch. They love a nice watch. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it goes together. Well, it's fun because Accutron was, uh, was one of the first to really advocate for women's rights through its advertising. And uh, th there was this campaign, Equal Pay for, for Women. Great. So really hitting the substantial issues of of equality and as well having fun. I mean, Ladies' Night is such an anthem for, for women's liberation, I feel. What was the inspiration behind that? Well, George Brown was uh, one of the key writers of uh, Ladies' Night. I came up with the title, Hanging Out in New York. And it was one of those times where we were making a transition and George said he was walking down the street and he was watching how people walk. In New York. That's how he came up with the baseline. <laughs> he said, uh, people walking in New York. I came up with the concept of uh, Ladies' Night and all these major clubs. And that's how it happened. You know, sometimes songs happen like that. It's interesting because as, as women's rights around the world have, have continued to be a, an area of struggle, I think Ladies' Night, especially in some of the developing countries, has really taken on this quality of, of a, a song to celebrate women doing extraordinary things or going into spaces where previously they weren't able. Well, one thing I find that um, uh, after COVID, uh, of course, we couldn't, you know, travel and work and that kind of a thing. And uh, George came up with a new title for our new album. And it's called People Just Want to Have Fun. <laughs> nice. After being locked up in COVID for two years, and uh, we've been all through Germany, and you know what's going on in Europe. People want to get out and have fun again. You know, people want to live again, live their life for change, you know? So we feel good about that, you know, because we're seeing it. Uh, last time uh, we played uh, last year in Germany and France and uh, those countries, it was like baby Woodstocks, 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, from kids to their grandkids. You know, so that, that makes us feel good to be a part of that. That intergenerational quality of your music. I mean, everyone loves it. That's, that's what makes it really special. Yeah, that's, yeah. We, we, we love what we're doing right now. You've toured the whole world. Have you had a favorite performance 
favorite performance. Or most memorable performance somewhere out <laughs> There's there. There's been a few. The one we did with uh, Elton John, when we played with Elton John uh, back in, uh, at Wembley. Um, another one was favorable. We did 48 shows with Van Halen. Oh, wow. Now, that was different. People were saying, Van Halen. We were at the uh, uh, plant over in uh, London, uh, and they were leaving off having to see the show. You know, and uh, he came back and said, listen, I got the fav- I got the group I want to open up. Now you open up to, to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, he didn't want to say we're open act, an act. And he said, it's like when uh, Tina Turner was with the Rolling Stones. That, that's how he looked at it. And uh, so people said, you lost your mind with you? What are you smoking over there, man? <laughs> <laughs> he said, you all, you guys want me back? I want, I want to bring Cool in the gang with me. And we ended up doing 48 shows. Because then, because he brought something to my attention I didn't know. He said, 60% of my audience are ladies. He said, um, back in the day, we used to play funky stuff in uh, Jungle Boogie out in L.A. And he said, you guys had celebration, and we have jump. And he said, cool, let's go out and have a party. <laughs> and that's what we did. That's and awesome. those fans that was uh, uh, hardcore fans of uh, Van Halen, when we got to ladies' night, get down on it, and Jungle Boogie, them ladies jumped up and said, you better get your butt up and get down on it. I come <laughs> to see this. So David, he was smart. He knew exactly what he was doing. That must have been some party. Oh, yeah, we did 48 shows. <laughs> Something else. <laughs> <laughs> then Kid Rock saw it. We ended up doing 10, rock, 10 shows with Kid Rock. Oh, wow. Dave Matthew Band, uh, Rod Stewart. Uh, it just grew Because when you think about people, oh, cool, I am. Uh, dance man. No, that's not what we're about. We're not just a dance band. <laughs> what keeps you inspired? How do you keep coming up with songs that, that move people. It's the people that make us, the people that we see around the world. That is uh, keep us excited to try to do it again. And, and, and it's a learning process. You know, you learn about people all over the world. You can't say, well, uh, someone can't tell me, well, uh, read this book about Germany. That's fine. That's how you interpret it. I've been there. Austria, all the Romania. I've been there. It's a learning process there. And hopefully they wear Akatar watches and they <laughs> continue to sip some of the cool champagne. Absolutely. Is there someone out there that you admire that's making music right now? I have to say, the young guy, I have to say Bruno Mars. Because he's like a young fool in the game. It's true. The steps, the band, how you play it, yeah. I mean, there's been other people that I like. I mean, from Stevie Wonder to Marvin Gaye and you know, uh, the Rolling Stones, et cetera, the Beatles. But yeah, today, I like Bruno Mars. So you started when we could go and buy albums. Now everything is streamed. There's such an evolution in the way the music world works. How do you feel about that, and where do you think it's going? How do I honestly feel about streaming? I don't really understand streaming that well. You know, when you had vinyl, 
And uh, it was a dollar record. You sold a million records. You made a million dollars, et cetera. I don't know what do that. What stream? Where is it going? It says streaming. I'm old school. <laughs> and what river is it going down? Who's getting paid? Who's not getting paid? A lot of people have complaints about streaming. The other side of they said streaming is that it helps your concerts. Uh, when the streamers see you, and people come out more to see you, you know, when, when you're streaming. So, uh, well, I, a, I don't know where it's going. Well, but, everyone can hear you, right? You, no one's limited by cost or any of those elements. So there's a dem democratizing aspect. But what do you feel about the future of of music? Well, you know what? Um, it seems to be that vinyl is slipping back. It is. It's coming back. Because the, the young kids, they don't know that about vinyl. I said, what's that big cardboard-looking thing you got? <laughs> <laughs> you can open up and read it. Those were the good old days. When you got an album vinyl, you saw the whole story. You got nice painting, you know, pictures in it. So vinyl is slowly coming back. Yeah. You've had so many songs that have weathered the test of time that are still hits right now. Do you think there's a recipe for timelessness? Well, uh, it goes around and around. Like you said, music is, is, can be timeless. It's, it's all the time period that you come in and it comes back again and again and again. You know, like, uh, what time is it? Well, it's time for vinyl again. What time is it? <laughs> time for people to have fun. What time is it? It's time to have Akaton Watch. I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more for you, actually. Some people can be very particular when they own wine or champagne brands about how people drink it, whether it's neat or do you drop an ice cube in it? The French call that a piscine. Or do you chill it or do you drink at room temperature? Do you have a preference as to how people drink Le Coup? I like it chill. You like it chill? Yeah, I, I like it chill. I like nice. Other words, like if it, if it gets too hot, have you a nice cool glass of cool champagne. <laughs> thank you very much. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you for being with us, okay, Robert, on another episode of The Accutron Show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to The Accutron Show. To listen to all of our shows, visit AccutronWatch.com. Remember to check out our special edition Accutron products in collaboration with La Paulina Cigars, Estabrook Pens, Asseline Publishing, and Stave Puzzles. To learn more about the world of Accutron, follow us on Instagram at AccutronWatch. From New York City, until next time, Accutron Time. This is Bill McCuddy.